When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 212 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing an item's potential. What on earth do we do with those items that have potential or have potential value, but don't have it currently? What do we do with that stuff? What would a minimalist do? So today I'm answering Liz from Ottawa's question. I'm going to let Liz ask her question, and then I'm going to go ahead and get into my answer and my best thoughts for her and anybody else struggling with the potential question. So here's Liz. Hi, my name is Liz from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I have a question about people who uh, like to repurpose things. So I have a woodworking shop and I really like repairing, fixing, and building things. And my wife is really into gardening and so always is going around on garbage day and picking up little odds and ends that we can either repair, fix, or use to help with our hobbies. Um, this, of course, also turns into a lot of stuff at some point. From a minimalist perspective, how do you deal with useful things but that have no specific purpose yet? Love your podcast. I just started listening. Thanks. Bye. All right, Liz. Well, first, let me say I'm so thrilled you found the show, and I'm so thrilled you're listening. We're happy to have you in our little sustainable minimalist community. I first have some thoughts, and then I have three tips for you and for your wife as you seek to navigate the stuff that you see on garbage day with potential. So first, my thoughts. I tend to view eco-minimalist living as each individual person being in their respective place on the same spectrum. Now, what on earth does that mean, Stephanie? You make no sense. Well, it means that if you view eco-minimalism on a spectrum, on one end of that spectrum is eco-friendly living. If you consider yourself eco-friendly or an environmentalist, you're going to be on that side of the spectrum, and you are also going to have a strong desire to keep everything for future repurposing, because you view these items as having potential. You don't want to waste anything that has potential. You don't want to see somebody else waste something with potential. One woman's trash is another woman's treasure, right? And if you're if you identify with this, Liz, or anybody else listening, you likely view the items you see on garbage day as having enormous potential. Now, all the way on the other end of this eco-minimalist spectrum are the hardcore minimalists. Hardcore minimalists view trash as trash. 
They don't see potential. I would even argue, I may even argue, I'd have to think about it a little bit longer, but I may even make the argument that a hardcore minimalist would not keep anything with potential because they understand that if they need something later, they can likely acquire it. So hardcore minimalists, they keep the bare minimum in their homes. They don't store items for one day. They don't have desire to keep extra stuff around unless, of course, the stuff in question has immense value or purpose right this second, and that purpose is transparent. There's no potential value in a hardcore minimalist mindset, right? It's just down and dirty, good old valuable. (laughs) Now, I believe, I truly believe in my heart and soul that while some people are on that eco-friendly side of the spectrum, and they're solidly there, and other people are on that hardcore minimalist side of the spectrum, and they sit there proudly, the rest of us, the majority of us, fall somewhere in between those two polar opposite ends. I'd even go so far to say that if you listen to this podcast regularly, you're probably somewhere in between. And that's because there are many other hardcore environmentalist podcasts out there, and there are many other hardcore minimalist podcasts out there, but you chose to listen to this one because you're neither one or the other. You're somewhere on the spectrum. You're somewhere on the sustainable minimalist spectrum, I should say. And for me, you've heard me talk about on this show, you've heard me talk about my personal journey before, and so you've heard me say already that at the beginning when I started this journey, I wanted so badly to be a hardcore minimalist. (laughs) I wanted to get rid of stuff because I wanted to ease my anxiety. But as hard as I tried, that just wasn't me. I was not a hardcore minimalist because I couldn't just trash my stuff with abandon. I saw potential in the stuff. I knew this stuff had a life beyond me. And I didn't want to be wasteful because being wasteful is really an unattractive trait, isn't it? So I consider myself personally somewhere solidly in the middle of the spectrum. I'm part eco-friendly. I'm part minimalist. And that's where I operate this show from. That's the perspective from which I host this show. So moving on to my thoughts for you, Liz, and my thoughts for your wife, step one is to figure out where you fall on this spectrum. Know thyself. Uh, maybe you're, maybe you lean minimalist, but you have an eco-conscious tinge. I don't think that's you, Liz, but maybe it's some of you listening. Maybe, Liz, this sounds more like you. You're eco-friendly. You're on the eco-friendly side of the spectrum, but you feel a slight pull towards minimalism because you also like simplicity. That, to me, sounds like you, Liz, but the key here is to know yourself and know that there's no wrong answer. Where you fall is where you fall, and be proud and bold and brave in knowing where you fall. Wherever you are, this show is here for you, right? There's no wrong answer. There's no shunning happening here. All right, so Liz, back to you for a second. You mentioned that you and your wife like to go around on garbage day and find potentially useful items. To me, in my opinion, that really sounds like you guys lean towards the eco-friendly side of this spectrum, for sure, because a hardcore minimalist would not go walking around on trash day. They just wouldn't do it. Even for me, someone who considers herself in the middle of this spectrum, I do not walk around on trash day to find potential in other people's trash. And that's because I, operating from my space solidly in the middle of this spectrum, I don't want stuff hanging around my house unless the item's purpose is evident and completely manifest in that moment. 
We're going to get right into tips two and three, and we're going to get into the five questions I suggest you ask yourself before you bring anything into your home, whether it be on trash day or from the mall. Five questions to ask yourself before you bring anything into your home after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Thank you so much for sponsoring Elderberry Boost. Flu season is upon us, and you know what that means. Coughs sneezes, and fatigue. There's a natural way to give our immune systems a blast of support, and it's not by buying the products with the questionable ingredients in the plastic packaging. Nature's powerful remedy are elderberries, which have been clinically proven to keep immune systems at peak performance and shorten symptoms by up to four days. I used to buy the commercial options on the market until I read their ingredients. These days, I just take one tablespoon of Elderberry Boost to keep sickness away. And I feel good about relying on Elderberry Boost because it's made with the highest quality organic ingredients and there's never any added sugars or artificial stuff. Use nature's wisdom this flu season by trying Elderberry Boost today. Head over to elderberry-boost.com and use code SMP at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elderberry-boost.com with code SMP at checkout. All right, so we are back and we're moving into tip two. For step two for you, Liz, and anybody else dealing with these questions about value and more specifically about potential, my tip is for you to really get real with the concepts of value and potential. Now, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Liz, I do not think you're a hoarder. I do not think you're a hoarder. I'm not saying you're a hoarder. You're not a hoarder. But one of the telltale symptoms of hoarding disorder is overemphasizing an item's perceived value and ignoring its actual value. Now, I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. One of the telltale signs of hoarding disorder is overemphasizing an item's perceived value and ignoring its actual value. Now, by the way, we're like going off on such a tangent about hoarding disorder, but I did an episode on hoarding disorder if anyone's interested, and I talked to a hoarding expert. We were talking about the difference between living a cluttered life versus a hoarding life. That was episode 107, if you're interested, and I will link to it in the show notes. But how on earth, Liz, do you get real with the concepts of value and potential, I suggest you ask yourself some questions. I got a bunch of them. I don't even know how many I have listed here, but let's get into them. The first question I suggest you ask yourself as you're walking around on trash day, ask yourself, am I realistically going to fix or build with or use this item in question within the next month? Put a time limit on it. I like month because it gives you a little bit of wiggle room, but not too much. Am I going to use this item? Am I going to restore this item's potential, I should say, within four weeks? Yes or no? Next question is, do I have a place to store this item until I use it? Right? Do you have a place to store it? An actual space, like not in the middle of the living room. (laughs) Like, do you have storage space in your home that's available to host this item? Okay, another question is, what will I do with this item once I've fixed it or once I've built with it or once I've gardened with it? 
And related to this question is, what will I do with this item once I no longer use or need it? I'm adding that question in there for you specifically, Liz. What will I do with it when I no longer need it? I'm asking you that because I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that you may also have trouble throwing items out. Another question for you is, is my home feeling as light and airy and spacious as I want right now? Right? Is your house the way you want it to feel right now? And will bringing this item in question into my house change that light, airy, spacious vibe? Final question for you, Liz, is, is all the stuff in general affecting my relationship with my partner? Is this accumulation of stuff negatively impacting my marriage? Is it impacting my household harmony? And I think this question is really important as a side note, because my husband does like to collect stuff. He's like you. He's definitely eco-leaning on that spectrum. And if he sees an item out on trash day that in his eyes has potential, he's definitely going to bring it home. Or I should say there was a time in his life where he was definitely going to bring it home. And one item here, one item there, another one the next day, that's not a big deal. But when our basement began to fill up with items that he had acquired and, to be completely frank and honest, had forgotten about, him and I had to sit down and have a serious conversation. We actually had a series of conversations about this. But what I'm trying to say here is that family harmony is number one. Family harmony is more important than any thing, any item. And so when my husband realized that his accumulation of stuff was stressing me out and making me irritable and putting unnecessary strain on our marriage, he did start asking before bringing stuff home and plopping it all in the basement. So that was a side note. But one other point we need to make when we're talking about getting real with an item's value or its potential is to remember that in 2021, you can get anything you want or anything you need at any time. (laughs) And so you probably don't even have to buy the item in question that you see on trash day, right? If you need a microwave, uh, you can get one. (laughs) I always use the microwave example, but if you need a microwave, you can get one. Buy nothing groups. We have a in search of community group in my town. We go on Facebook. We go to the In Search of group looking for a microwave. I I could probably get my hands on a microwave in a couple hours. How's that? Two-day shipping is looking pretty darn slow. If you have an In Search of or a Buy Nothing group in your community, you can have something in hours. So goods are abundant. Everyone's looking to declutter. If you need something in the future, Hardcore minimalists know, and I'm reminding any of you who may have forgotten, that you can get your hands on anything, I should say almost anything, because unless it's one of a kind, that will be a little bit harder, but you can get almost anything you need within a matter of hours. That's a bold statement, but I'm sticking with it. All right, and my third and final tip for you, Liz, is to use up what you already have stored. I should say that this is a piece of advice I tell my kids all the time, and I'm mentioning it here on this podcast because it is solid advice, right? Don't start a new project until the project you've been working on is complete. 
It's the same lesson we give our children. It's just for adults, right? Don't start 12 projects and finish none of them. Do one at a time, finish it, and then go on to the next one. So the stuff that you're storing uh, that you've picked up on previous trash days, I would invite you to build with it, fix it, use it, garden with it. Whatever the items are, use them and restore the potential that you saw in these items on that garbage day. Now, I haven't seen your home, Liz. I don't know how much stuff you have in your storage space. I don't know how many projects you have on your to-do list. But I do suggest perhaps you put a moratorium on bringing more stuff home until the projects that are already on your plate are complete. And side note here is to make sure your wife's on board with this. Make sure she's not bringing home stuff either until the existing projects are done. Use this building and fixing as an opportunity to perhaps spend some time together, right? You mentioned that you both love building and fixing. And so instead of going around on garbage day together, perhaps you use that time instead to fix and build together and to work on these projects and to work on restoring that potential value. So those are my three tips for you, Liz, and anybody else listening. Really quick recap Tip one was to know thyself, know where you fall on that eco-minimalist spectrum. Tip two is to really hone in on those concepts of value and potential. And finally, step three is to use up what you already have. I hope I answered your question. If I got it right, let me know. If you think I got it wrong, let me know that too. One of the best parts of this community is that so many of you are so much more knowledgeable than me. So reach out how to do that's in the show notes. You have a question. You need to ask it because yet again, I'm running out of listener questions. No question is a silly question. Just go ahead and ask it. And while you're asking me your question, I'm also going to ask you a question, which is, have you left this show an Apple podcast review yet? Yes? No? It can be your good deed for today if the answer's no. It takes 20 seconds Go on with your bad self, leave that review, help other people find the show, and thank you so much. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, my question for you is, have you told a friend about this show? You're listening at the 18-minute mark. You listen to the end. I'm willing to bet you like this show, so please tell a friend, and thank you so much for spreading the love. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Have an amazing weekend, and take care.